What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals. My name is Jacob Deaton, and today I have the distinct honor and privilege to be with one of the South's best planners. Uh, her name is Haley Kelly, and she's with Haley Kelly Events. Hey, hey, how are you, Haley? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. As a matter of fact, I got plenty of sleep last night and I feel like I'm about to bounce out of the room in energy. Perfect. Well, we had a hurricane uh, kind of here yesterday. So yesterday was crazy, but today's beautiful. Yeah. So what's, uh, how close did it, you're in Charleston uh, yeah. for everybody who don't know um, uh, or doesn't know. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what was that like getting ready for that? It was, well, we didn't have much time. Um, it was really quick and it was a tropical storm, but I think uh, it wasn't as bad as they thought, but I live downtown and so the flooding gets pretty bad downtown. Um, so we were kind of anticipating worse, um, but then it was out of here by like 7.30 and then went up to North Carolina, so. So was it like one of those things that it just sort of, uh, they were like, it's not gonna hit you guys. It's not gonna hit you guys. Oh my God, it's gonna hit you. Like yeah. in like 24 <laughs> yeah. hours, was it like yeah. that? Yes, like emergency alert on your phone. <laughs> wow, I mean, they've gotten so good about like uh, giving you, you days know, predicting these things. Yeah, I guess since it wasn't a hurricane, we didn't have any um, like evacuating rules. So since it was a tropical storm, we just stayed. But yeah. All <laughs> right. So I get it. So, you know, what's the classification on a hurricane again? Is like 70 something mile an hour winds or something? Like it's it's something like that, right? I know the answer. I think we had like forty five to sixty mile per hour yesterday. Oh, that's no big deal, you yeah. know. Just yeah. sixty mile an hour winds. <laughs> no need to alert anyone, you know. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you didn't float away because yes. that would have made this that would have made this uh, meeting a little more difficult. Um, <laughs> um, so tell me. Um, uh, I, I always ask this in the beginning because I just want people to get a good picture of you before we start. Give me a little snapshot of what you do, who you are, um, and then we'll uh, we'll trace it back and get back to sort of, you know, how you got to here at some point. Yeah. Um, so my name's Haley Kelly and my company's Haley Kelly Events. Um, I've been in the wedding world for about a little over 10 years now. Um, I started with Patrick Properties Hospitality Group, which is a venue management company in Charleston. They own some of the best of the best venues here. Um, and then I worked with another planning company for about four and a half years. Um, I had two babies back to back and took some time off and then um, launched my business. And I'm a full service wedding planner. I do um, social events as well. Um, I actually have seen kind of a pickup in social events since COVID started. So, um, you know, helping with some smaller corporate things, but that still have a really uh, one of a great design to that corporate or social function um, and full service planning. So kind of starting with, you know, hotel room blocks, sending out save the dates um, all the way through vendor management, setup, breakdown, design, helping pick out menu. Um, you know, if someone needs like if they want to do yoga on the beach, helping them find a vendor for that. So just kind of involved in every aspect of the wedding. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. very, very, uh, very well articulated, I must say. <laughs> um, so, so, so give me a scope. Um, you know, what kind of, 
uh, it sounds like obviously you said full service. Um, is that your only package that you sort of offer? Is that the only way you do business? Yes. Um, I've, do you want to know why? Uh, <laughs> I, would I would love to know why. Uh, probably because I am a control freak. Um, I like to be involved <laughs> in every aspect. Um, and I found that that's just the way I work best in the past. Like when I've done like partial or custom or I never did day of, but if I've done something a little bit more hands off, I find that I'm still very interested and I end up doing almost the same amount of work. Um, also, you know, I'll, I'll get contracts from clients and, you know, maybe the amount of hours where the photographer is wrong. So I'm kind of coming in and changing and twerking things last minute anyways. Um, so I've just found that that's what I do best. I'd rather do, you know, six full service weddings a year than 10 or 12 partial custom and work even harder. So. Mm. Well, that seems to be a common theme that I'm kind of running into with these, um, you know, these, times that I get it with people like yourself, it seems like that the, um, the offerings of day of um, planners tend to be, you know, a lot more than just day of and to the point where it pushes you really into, you know, other packages that you're basically then offering all these other services for free just because you want to make sure that the day comes okay. off all right. And, um, you know, it, it, it sort of speaks to me in a, in a way that just wonders like, is, is the day of planner at some point going to become, you know, extinct? Right. Um, I mean, part of me thinks it should. Um, a lot of the venues in Charleston and places that I work are places where they don't have anything. So it's a blank slate. You're bringing in rentals, you're bringing in lighting, sometimes bathrooms, power. Um, so it's just a lot of involvement. So even the venues are requiring full service or at least a planner that kind of follows all of their requirements on their checklist. Um, and I think, you know, with, with day of planners, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it for sure. And some people do it really well. Um, you know, they kind of have it down to a science. Um, but for me, I don't, I've never thought it goes over well if you kind of step in at the end and truly just take over day of, because if you think about it, that means someone else, a bride or her mom or her sister or whatever has been planning the day for a year. And so someone else has had their hands in everything. And then you come in and try to control it at the end. And as you can imagine, if someone else has been doing it the whole time, they have a vision for what they want it to look like or, you know, whatever. So I just, I think it's got to be hard, um, you know, for sure. So I think those custom and partial packages definitely are taking place of day of, especially in Charleston at these venues where you bring everything in. Right. Yeah. And I would also suspect that it's just not really a fair place to sort of put a planner, you know, to, to be in a situation like that where you hand them a script and then if the script doesn't go right and you wrote the script, then you're pointing the finger at them because it didn't work out right. Right. I'd is that, is that kind of right? Yeah. I'd rather write the script. Um, <laughs> I'd rather, you know, everything kind of be in my hands from the beginning, because I think also like from a design standpoint and like for me, you want everything to kind of go along with your brand as well. And what you're trying to put out into the universe, like obviously it's up to the bride and groom or uh, the couple to kind of choose what they want it to be. Like from a color standpoint, how many bridesmaids, how many groomsmen, but still we're from a design perspective, I'm there to show them the best options. And um, I feel like if you don't have any control over that, then you kind of don't know what you're walking into the day of. Yeah. And yeah, 
I mean, well said. I don't know that yeah. there's anything I could say, you know, beyond that. But um, let's um, let's talk about the um, uh, let's talk about how you even got into this. Like, what made you want to even do this? Like, was there a pivotal moment or a light bulb, or was it like you just kind of stumbled into it and here you are now, yeah. all these years later? Definitely a pivotal moment. Um, so I love like I loved college didn't love school. Um, I was involved in everything there. I was vice president of my sorority. I was president of the student body. Um, so a lot of involvement, um, but from like a class taking perspective, it wasn't my favorite thing. Like my mom, I came in from college and said, it's not about the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. And she was like, not true. Um, <laughs> and um, she's like, you need to like graduate college. Um, so, but, <laughs> so while I was in college, I was like, I'm going to do these internships and figure out what I like um, because my major was sociology and I did that major because I enjoyed that. And, um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. So anyways, long story short, I was in Kentucky visiting family and my cousin's wife was doing like sales and events for a hotel. And that was kind of the first time that I realized you could do that for a living. And I was like, that sounds like so much fun. Cause I'm, you know, I'm that, that basic girl that's like, well, I did events for my sorority, you know, um, <laughs> which is much different than planning a wedding. But, um, so from that point on, I started doing internships and events. So I started with, um, corporate, then I did a nonprofit. And then my junior year of college, I lived in San Francisco for the summer and did a wedding planning internship and like fell in love with weddings, knew that corporate and nonprofit weren't for me. Um, and I, I it, that was definitely the moment. So from there on, and then the recession hit, no one could get jobs. <laughs> um, so I really just kind of started from, I won't say the bottom, because I think it's a really important piece of it, but I started from the bottom, like serving at events um, to get my foot in the door and introduce myself to every planner that came through and um, worked my way up at that company. And then, um, and then, you know, detoured and, and worked for a planner. So, right. Yeah, that was kind of my so, you've so you've really been a part of many aspects of this business and kind of understand what it takes from somebody that serves food at a wedding yeah. all the way up to someone who runs it. Yeah. And I think it's really important, like even in high school to work a job, like in a kitchen somewhere or serving, um, because that's hospitality at, at the beginning. Um, customers always right. And, you know, remembering their orders and knowing that, so-and-so sitting at the left of the table loves it when you bring them Coke without them asking or, you know, whatever. Um, and then actually, so after college, I also went to culinary school. So um, my parents gave me a summer to figure it out and they said, you need to get a job or go back to school or, you know, something. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to go to culinary school because I love to cook. And um, I did not want to be a chef at all, but I wanted to like understand and respect the back of the house more, mm -hmm. um, understand like the ordering process and the rules of a kitchen and you know that kind of thing so I got a, a small degree from culinary school and and found that that was super helpful and I still kind of use some of those skills today so right wow I mean that's a lot of experience so I mean of course anybody that gets you is getting all that so that's really cool um so I mean breaking man there's so much of that that I, I want to talk about um the um the aspect of when did you just know that it was time for you to start your own business and sort of step out and 
what year was that approximately? That was 20, like 2018, 2019. Um, so I, our, our second child was a fun surprise for us. Um, and so I kind of took that, you know, when you're in sales, you know, this, you run a business too. You don't really get like time off. You're working 24 seven. So like when you're in sales, it's like, there's no downtime. So I didn't like take a huge maternity leave. We found out we were pregnant when my daughter was 10 months old with our second. And so I just kind of was like, this is a sign that I need to slow it down and, you know, just truly take some time for myself and enjoy this part of like motherhood and having young kids. Um, and then after, and everyone was like, you're crazy. You're not going to last, you know, like, as a stay <laughs> and I was like, well, we'll see. Like, I, all I know is like, I just need to slow down. And, um, and so that's what I did. I tried to slow down and people were right. I didn't make it long. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I started daycare. And then I, I knew that that the, me starting my business was the right move because I just needed to be on my own timing. And, you know, just kind of, if I want to do two weddings one year, great. If I want to do 12, that's great too. Um, so that's, that's kind of why, you know, I started my own thing. Right. Yeah. I feel like everybody who ends up starting their own thing, um, does it one of two ways uh either they just jump in like straight cold and they have right. no idea what they're doing they just try and figure it out and yeah. those are the ones that usually don't last unfortunately yeah. because there's just so much of a curve that you have to learn and there's some to do um but like so many of those don't um and you know somebody like you that really had experience from sort of the bottom up that really kind of gave you that foundation of knowing like what it's probably going to take um, what were some of the things that you encountered in first starting your business that maybe was um, not expected as far as, yeah. um, you know, you had to kind of figure out on the fly? Yeah. Well, I think um, it definitely makes me respect previous people I've worked for or other business owners on how much time the business part takes. Mm -hmm. um, because being you know, the planner and talking to your clients all the time, that kind of thing is one thing. Um, but having to manage QuickBooks and paying your taxes and dealing with bookkeepers and accounting and um, that kind of thing is, it doesn't come super natural to me. Like that's mm -hmm. not the part that I love. So I put it to the side a lot. Right. Um, like literally, I think I have six emails in my inbox from my bookkeeper right now. And I'm like, I'll get back to you. Um, so <laughs> that, that part definitely was tough. I think right now social media is tough. I mean, like making sure you post all the time and that kind of thing. And, you know, worrying about that part, I guess, was hard. But other than that, I mean, I think it's still, other than the business side of it, it's the same as what, I, what I've done in the past. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think part of being a great leader, um, especially because when you start your own company, you immediately become the leader. Um, you know, I think being a great leader and is, is really understanding what you excel at and what you don't and right. then learning how to sort of outsource things that you don't as fast as possible or as fast as the business can, um, you know, let you do that right. um, so that you can focus on the things that you're the best at. And, um, you know, and sometimes you even have to let go of the things that you are the best at um, so that you can have the broader scope of, of being able to really run the ship and, and sort of be the captain of the ship, so to speak, you know? 
Um, and, uh, and that also can be hard as far as, um, a staffing personnel or, you know, staffing personnel or, you know, or just relinquishing that sort of control, um, and sort of believing in the team that you kind of have around you. So tell me how you built your team from the beginning. Like, did you, um, like what was the first person that you hired beyond yourself and sort of how it scaled from there? Yeah. So, you know, truly it's just me right now. I have people, well, so definitely an accountant (laughs) but I guess that's like personal and professional um but that's been amazing like just helping me with like tax questions and okay I'm I'm buying a new car like how do I buy it like do I buy it from a business you know those kinds of questions I mean they're big questions once you become a business owner um definitely a bookkeeper um and then from that I mean I'm lucky I've had great interns there's one in my office right now um, like that have kind of helped me each semester. I truly believe in like internships and learning and because I think that was so big for me. So if I can give someone that opportunity and teach them, like I'd, I'd rather go that route if it works out. Um, you know, I'm thankful also right now during the pandemic that I don't have a huge team and I'm not kind of carrying that weight on my shoulders for a lot of other people as well. Um, but yeah. And then other than that, I have people that work the weddings with me. And then a lot of times I'm bringing those people in earlier in the week of a wedding to help, you know, get them situated and kind of see all the personal stuff that I have with the clients. Like, you know, these are their toasting flutes, uh, mom and dad are divorced. They don't get along, you know, making sure that everyone kind of knows the intricacies of what coming up with the wedding um and those people are people that i've known for a long time like like in and out of the industry in different ways um whether they used to work for a lighting company or they used to work for another planner but now they're in uh real estate you know that kind of thing so it's so people that are i pretty much never work with someone that i've you know never worked with before so Mm. yeah so your interns that you work with um, and that you bring in um, that that work with you um, are those uh, people that when you when you're thinking about an intern, are you just thinking about people that are just generally interested, or are you thinking about people that could potentially become a part of your team after the internship that would really fill a specific need? Yeah. Is it like is it as general as that, or is it specific? specific um, I think it's a mix of both. Um, I think you know maybe I thought I was ready to hire someone in the end of this year. But again, now I think with everything going on, that'll be held off for another year. Um, And maybe it will never be a full-time person. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's kind of one of those things I'm evaluating. Um, You know, also having two young kids and, you know, TBD, what's happening with school and all of those things. That's also something you kind of got to think about. Um, So, yeah, but I mean, I think always, like, so when I was with Patrick Properties, we had five interns a semester. So a lot, a lot. And there were usually one or two that were standouts each semester. And I still talk to those people from maybe 10 years ago. And some of them still work weddings with me. Um, so for me, I mean, if you do a good job and, you know, whether you're moving to Baltimore or Boston or whatever, like a lot of times I'm on their reference list. And if you do a good job, then I'm certainly going to be your biggest advocate to try to get you a good job, even if it's not with me. So. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, I mean, it's it's always interesting to me when people are uh, taking on interns, like what specifically they're kind of looking for. Yeah. But um, let's talk about... Sorry, go ahead. No, please keep going. Well, I always tell like in my interviews, I'm like, you know, you have 
some each intern has a strong suit you know like is it are you really into like graphics and computer stuff and you know how to work excel really well then like you might work on different things are you really good and efficient at you know running errands and doing like crafty things like then you're gonna do something else do you love social media and writing maybe you're gonna write my social media post you know so like i feel like uh, sometimes each internship's a little bit different um and with how busy i am you know like right now what my intern is doing was different than last semester just because of what's going on with events right now yeah there's a lot going on that's different with yes. events right now. We're going to get to that in a second, but while yeah. we're on this whole idea of infrastructure and, uh, and growth within um, being an entrepreneur, essentially, um, what ways do you find um, that your clients find you? Do they find you from like advertising? And if you are advertising, how do you advertise? Like what's, tell me your yeah. whole uh, scheme on that. Um, I don't advertise. Um, I have done a couple of like paid Instagram ads, but like, maybe five. Um, I find that they find me from past clients um, and venues, I would say mostly. And then friends who have friends getting married. Um, I just didn't, I am, <laughs> I feel like I don't like love confrontation a lot. So like for me, if I say yes to advertising, I probably would never back out of where I'm advertising. <laughs> um, I'd feel like locked in forever. So I just like kind of took the stance that I'm just not going to do it at first. Um, wow. That's so, bold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was the right move, I guess. Um, but also for me, it's like, I'm not trying to take 20 to 30 weddings a year. So like my advertisement in a magazine or something like that isn't necessarily targeting exactly who I want anyways. Like for me, I got back into this because I wanted my relationships with my clients to be intentional and um, make sense. And so usually when I'm getting an inquiry, it's like a direct referral of like, mm -hmm. you would work really well with Haley because, um, and it's, it's been that way since I launched my business. And um, I'm really happy about that because that's why, you know, I got back into it. I mean, hats off to you. That's impressive. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've talked to anyone. I mean, I've talked to plenty of people. It's like, oh, it's a, it's referral based. And, you know, maybe I've done a little bit of this and that or whatever. But like to make an intentional decision to say, I don't care how slow I am in the beginning. I'm just going right. to do it the way I do it. And then yeah. hope that people refer me and, and everything. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so, so let's, um, let's pivot to, uh, what we were just alluding to a second ago and like the times, um, yeah. I feel like it's, I have to ask everybody this, that I talk with because it's, it's just what is the latest news, you know? So, uh, tell me, tell me where you are. Tell me how you're handling it. Tell me what's uh, going on with in yeah. relation to the whole COVID. Yeah. So, um, I had, two spring weddings that moved um and you know we moved one of them to july thinking that march to july was plenty of time and this would be over in july and um we still did do her wedding in july and it was great we did we took all the safety measures possible um hand sanitizer custom masks um more space between the tables ceremony seats spread out we even had like colored bands that people wore that was a note that they weren't comfortable with anything less than six feet of social distancing. So I feel like we took a lot of the necessary things. Um, 
And then, you know, I feel like a couple of my weddings, one more in July, one in September are moving to just much smaller. So originally 150 to 200 guests and they ended up being 20 to 30 person dinners. Um, I just had one this past weekend and it was amazing. I mean, I think they were so happy they did it that way. Like just to kind of, you know, not have the anticipation of, is my wedding going to happen? Is it going to happen the way I thought it was going to happen? Um, we got to have so, so many more details on the table, like amazing paper and beautiful chargers and, you know, and they had maybe like 10 to 15 speeches. And so it was just really cool to have that night totally centered around the couple and something that they will truly, you know, never forget. Um, and then I have a few fall weddings that we're still planning, you know, moving forward that, we'll have the wedding. It'll obviously look a little bit different, um, but that we'll still have it. So, um, and then as of right now, two weddings that have moved to 2021, but early. So like one in, uh, one in January and one in, uh, March. Mm -hmm. so. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, we're all creative people, right? We overcome, we adapt, we overcome, we totally. figure out a way to do it. That's just, that's who we are. That's, that's why we're in this business because we're creative people. Yeah. from our core um and, and work that, well under pressure you know that's like, exactly right thrive under those circumstances which is scary <laughs> yeah i mean we our industry will survive covid yeah um it's uh people die they pay taxes and they get married they get married um, yeah. <laughs> you know that's kind of been my my thing lately um yeah. and i'm sure i wasn't the first one to think of that but yeah um that's, that's where we are. That's the reality of the situation. And, you know, industry wide, you're seeing lots of, uh, lots of big time sort of agencies and, and, um, and sort of uh, big conglomerates start to break up. Um, I think it's adding a little bit of diversity to the marketplace and it's sort of breaking up maybe the larger firms that were, and they're, you know, they're furloughing and breaking up people. People are starting to realize maybe I should just go out on my own and do my own thing. Right. Um, just like you did all those years ago. Um, but I'm really interested to know, you know, sort of the future here as far as like, because have we, have you um, had anybody float any of these ideas of like virtual weddings or anything like that? So we've, yes, um, we've done like uh, Zoom or um, different things for the smaller weddings. We've added like a Zoom virtual aspect. Um, but I haven't had anyone that wants to do it solely virtual. Um, but I mean, I would, I think I, like you said, I think we're all going to come out on the other end of this. I think sadly some businesses won't. Um, but in general, like people are still going to get married, like love yes. wins, you know? Um, so I, I just think they're going to look a little bit different for a while. And I think they are going to be more intimate, um, affairs, uh, maybe planning parties later or having kind of those Zoom parties like as part of the smaller dinner. Um, so yeah, so I, I just think they're going to look different, but nothing fully virtual yet. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like the full virtual idea um, of a wedding could ever become something that is um, a thing that is that is that is a commonplace in our work uh, in our workspace and or do you feel like it, it, like, do you think it could become almost like a part of the package to where people maybe aren't flying from San Francisco for a Georgia or a South Carolina wedding, right. um, but they're being included somehow in the whole 
experience of a wedding. Um, tell me, have you thought about much about like what the future might hold? Yeah. So I believe anything these days. Um, <laughs> I think like, <laughs> I'm like bring it on. Um, so right. <laughs> um, do I think that that could, I think it's totally possible. I mean, and I think you're all, I think honestly, like, for many years and maybe for a long time, there's going to be people that aren't going to be comfortable in settings of, you know, 50 people or more, or, you know, maybe the mask thing is always going to be a thing we have in um, South Carolina. I don't think it's a rule right now, but it was a few weeks ago. You have to have plexiglass shields like on your bars and stations and that kind of thing. I think that'll stay, you know, like I, I think those kinds of small things will stay as rules for a long time. Um, you know, it's funny, like I, someone was talking the other day about like, how handshaking like wasn't going to be a thing anymore like you know just like in general that's not going to be how you introduce yourself and I'm like wow like that's mm -hmm. like what I'm teaching my kids like always shake your hand look them in the eye and now it's like so what is the thing so I guess circling back around yeah I think it's possible I think it's really cool and I I think I mean you know I loved those like um the idea of like the zoom concerts you know, like, it, or the Zoom, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of something else you would do on Zoom, but like Zoom bingo or, you know, whatever, <laughs> um, like, you know, just something where you have this like activity over Zoom, because also if you've done Zooms with like 20 or 30 people, it's really annoying because everyone talks over each other and then you have to mute people. So if you have an activity for them to watch, that's better. Um, but I think also at the end of the day, like people are kind of really needing that connection and that touch of seeing people in person. So I, I don't know if I foresee it being a, a thing all the time, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I think it could be really cool, um, you know, getting everyone. So funny enough, during this pandemic, I actually launched another business. Um, it really? Yeah, it lasted for like six weeks. It was super, super cool. Um, it was just a lot of work. And me and my friends, we started it with, we were like, we don't think this is like worth it long term because like my passion is, are, are weddings, you know, like in events. So anyways, but the whole concept was food delivery service across the US that you could have dinner with someone in Los Angeles and you would have the same meal as them paired with the same wine. So anyways, point of that, could be really cool for weddings. So like, you know, the people in San Francisco, they get delivered, you know, maybe they're getting, maybe the the whole concert, the whole band or whatever is on virtually, but then during cocktail hour, you have like the same, you know, playlist on uh, Spotify, they're eating the same meal. So that was kind of our thing. So at dinner, you got the same uh, Spotify playlist. Um, you got a cocktail to make you got dinner you got a wine pairing what else did you get oh and then a game to play at the end of the night so you were doing it like with another couple in California so um so I think that that totally could be you know brought about to weddings for sure right yeah I mean I just I'm fascinated with how you know the evolution of our industry is going to end up becoming with all of these new adaptations to daily life I mean, like the Zoom meeting or the uh, the conference call type stuff. Um, you know, I had hoped that whenever I launched this podcast that it was going to be in-person interviews. I was going to be able to come to you, <laughs> set up a whole uh, bunch of cameras and just start talking about what you do and making it really like, you know, interpersonal and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and here we are in COVID times. I had to make an adjustment with the, right. you know, with using Zoom for now. 
Um, I hope that reality comes to, to be at some point. But the truth is, is that, you know, we always overcome the, you know, the, the things that we in, encounter uh, in our in our business and um, or in our line of business, I should say. And right. so it's, you know, I'm just really fascinated, like how much of this virtual talk is going to still be you know, being mentioned, uh, in our, in our businesses, our business is going to adapt that as part of packages and like, you know, what, what then does the infrastructure cost for that? And, right. you know, um, I just think that, I just think that the, the, I guess the, uh, the possibilities are sort of endless with this idea yeah. of virtual, you know, inner word after that, you know, yeah. well, and uh, virtual like, weddings, virtual yeah. conferences, you know, et cetera. On so. a smaller scale, like I'm seeing that already with like baby showers and, you know, like themed parties over Zoom and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it would be amazing if it was like next level and a planner could be involved in that to really be sure that, you know, people in the different cities are getting kind of a similar experience. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a, um, an interesting time for sure for all of us to be um to be doing work and uh to be trying to meet our our clients needs um, right it's just i think fun. everyone's reevaluating, like you know just their businesses their contracts their you know like everything it's just kind of this eye-opening time you know everyone thought whatever 20 what year are we in 2021 um 2021 was gonna be like an amazing year and then all of a sudden it's like um, I meant 2022 will be a great year. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. I mean, I think we're all holding out just yeah. like, man, if 20, if 2020 was this bad, how much worse could 2021 yeah. be, right? right? There's nowhere right. else to go but up, you know? Right. Yes. And that's what we, there was like a meme or whatever they're called. And it was like, you know, 2020 is like terrible when a hurricane's heading straight at you and you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I mean, right. I mean, that's basically your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, man. Um, so have you, um, uh, what's the mood like in Charleston? Do you keep up with other, uh, planners and obviously you've been keeping up with other vendors because you work with yeah. them and, and also with, uh, like venues and stuff as well. Um, what's, what's been your overall like take on, on sort of how they're doing and just yeah. the culture there in, in Charleston? So luckily, like I have a lot of planner friends. So like I have a group of girls, they're all like moms and they're in business planners. We text daily, kind of like, what are you doing? This is a situation I am, I'm in. How have you handled it? Um, knowing that we're all different and all of our businesses are different, but it's nice having that kind of people to fall back on for advice. Um, you know, so I feel like, I mean, the mood is just, I think tired everyone's tired you know it's just we're kind of working around the clock and um doing you know just not not that it's more work than planned but it's just there's a plan a there's a plan b there's a plan c now we're back to plan you know it's just kind of like our wheels are spinning but nothing's getting done which isn't good for a planner because we our wheels spend for an end result and like so now we're just kind of like doing things over and over again and it's just frustrating um I also think like from a design standpoint, I think we're all kind of like, we're over the logistics a little bit. Like, it's like, we want to, we did this to be creative and well, both, you know, a hundred percent both. But if you continue to not see these events come to fruition, it's just sad. Um, so yeah. So I think there's just a lot of that and a lot of like 
what are we going to do and um, trying to kind of all band together and stay positive. Well, think uh, on the pivot point of staying positive. Tell me what you're doing to stay positive in this time, because I feel like everybody, you know, that shares your um, your space of what you do. Um, right. And then also, you know, like just the listeners in general here, uh, you know, I'm sure they'd love to know, like, what things are you doing to keep yourself sharp, keep yourself rested, like yeah. mentally healthy, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I think this time has been weird, like, especially when everyone was like really quarantined at the beginning, when it was like straight up, like 45 days in my house with just my kids and my husband, like we would go on seven mile walks. And I'm like, we've never done this. Like you, we see our neighbors out in the yard. So it kind of reminded me of like old days, you know, like when I was a kid growing up. So that was cool. Um, but for me to stay positive, I mean, I, I do orange theory. So I've been trying to work out still every day and make that a time that I have to get like my frustration out. Like, I think that's important. Um, wine helps on bad days. Um, <laughs> um, let's see what helps us stay positive. I mean, it's hard because like, I honestly haven't had time to sit and really take this in, you know, and like really take in how this is affecting, not just right this second, like it, it's going to affect us for at least a year, a year and a half, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but again, I'm, I'm lucky. I feel blessed that I, I am in the position to where I don't need to take in business to just take in business to stay afloat. And I still have just kept, I'm not going to say my standards, but like kind of kept like, how I started this business, like I'm keeping it like that, you know, like, um, and like I said, if next year ends up being two new weddings, two old weddings, that's fine. Um, and then we'll move to the next year, I guess. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, just, and honestly, like seeing these couples and like, like I've gotten to have a few weddings, which has been awesome. So like this wedding this past weekend, having it come to fruition, having them be so happy, like that is what I do it for. And so getting to see that, but I feel bad for some of the planners or even vendors that haven't had a wedding, like literally everything's moved because mm -hmm. to see the joy and see that that's still there, that is uplifting and that keeps me excited and moving forward. So well said. I think, you know, that visual payoff is the, yes. um, is the real, is the real deal. Um, you said something that was really interesting. Um, and I, now I, 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 uh, I think I've maybe lost it. Um, Oh, I remember. Uh, it was uh, sticking to who you are in this time and not lowering your standards for um, to keep your quote unquote business afloat. And um, I think that point for industry people um, is 100% critical for the future of who you are and, and, and sort of like what you want to be represented as moving forward um, beyond this pandemic and however long it lasts. Um, I have talked to so many people that have said that, oh, I took this thing out of desperation because I was quote scared and they are now 100% regretting paying for it, all the words in between. Um, so that's a really great point. Yeah. But I'm, like I said, I don't have employees, you know, so like, I don't have that weight on my shoulder. So I, I can't say that that is what everyone should do. I guess, you know, like everyone's in a different situation. 
Um, but for me, I think, you know, just with seven weddings this year, with all this happening, I was like, wow, I could not have had one more wedding on my plate. It would have been too much. I already feel like it's almost too much, you know? Um, so I think, and I'm again, lucky that all of my clients are amazing. And so like to have a few mixed in there that aren't, or like, don't trust me during all of this would have been a nightmare. So yeah. So for me, it works out, but I also don't have to pay anyone else's salary every month. So right. That's where I that's, stand. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's how you keep things high and tight for sure. Right. right. Um, that's, uh, that is one way you handle, um, you, you handle this, um, yeah. for sure. Um, and, uh, your company is, is structured as such that, you know, it's, you know, you, you definitely are built for the, the pandemic, um, for sure, <laughs> you know, not having, not carrying a huge payroll. Right. Um, I mean, that's a huge advantage right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's talk about things that are a little lighter and a little happier and maybe, uh, maybe clue people in on your personality and sort of who you are. So tell me some of the things that you like, that you love, that are just about you. Yeah. Um, I'm like, everything I like to do, I can't do during the pandemic. I know. Um, well, <laughs> and that's okay. You can say those things too, yeah. because I've been saying them all the time. So it's, yeah. Go so ahead. I mean, me and my husband are huge foodies. I know a lot of people say that, but we truly are. Like if anyone wants to go to a new restaurant, I have like the longest list, best for lunch, best for vegan, best, for, you know, whatever. Um, so we love trying out new places. It's been cool to get some delivery options during all of this um, to kind of try out. We love to cook. I hate to bake, but somehow I bake during quarantine a lot. Um, but yeah, I love to cook. Um, love Orange Theory. Um, my husband and I are both only children. So we're like kind of selfish. Like we like time just for us too. So we've been like finding ways to have like date nights, but at home, um, what else do I like to do? The, I mean, the pool, I don't love the beach really, but I mean, like, I like the idea of the beach. I don't like sand. Um, mm. <laughs> so I like going to the pool. Um, I like wine. I like margaritas. <laughs> I love margaritas. Same, same. You know what's funny? I, I did not like margaritas until about four years ago. Really? Because of the tequila? Just, no, I love tequila. I'll take, okay. I mean, uh, I'll take tequila straight. Yeah. You know, uh, and in various forms. But for some reason, I think I just got a bad representation early on of what a yeah. margarita was. And then somebody told me, they're like, that's nonsense. And then they ordered me one beyond my, uh, uh, you know, beyond my wishes. And so I had to try it. And then I tried like a real one from like an actual real bartender that knew right. what they were doing. And I was, uh, changed for the better. Yeah. Have you, have you had a ranch water? A, what is a ranch water? I don't know what that is. Okay. So you know what Topo Chico is? Yeah, of course. Okay. Topo Chico, drink like a few sips out, pour in tequila, squirt of lime. In the Topo Chico. In the bottle. And then turn it upside down, let it, you know, whatever. So, so good. So you drink this much out of it and then you, okay, all right. Or however like much a, tequila you want to put in there, so. Ah, okay, I see. <laughs> oh, so it's, it varies upon taste here. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, well, I love Topo Chico and that's actually one of the few um, carbonated waters that I, I really dig. Um, that company is just unbelievable uh, to me. Um, 
I'm almost always a flat water guy, but when I had that for the first time, I was kind of like, oh, wow, this actually tastes really good. Right. Um, so, which kind of sounds silly to say out loud because it's just carbonated water, but for some reason, totally no agree. other, most of the other brands that I had just really didn't do it for me or I didn't really find it that appealing. I don't know why. I can't tell you. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, so well, now uh, you'll be that, into rich waters. Ranch waters, that's what that's yeah. called. I think it's like a Texas thing. Well, they're from Texas, I think, right? Topo Chico, yeah. I think they're based well, in Texas. Ranch, like you're on a ranch, you know? Right, yeah. You've been out working all day, Yeah. you know, herding cattle, you know, being a cowboy or yep. cowgirl, <laughs> and you just want some ranch water at the end of your day. Yep. Of course. That <laughs> makes total sense. All right, I gotta bang some questions out to you because I, yep. I I gotta know I gotta know where you stand on some things. So here we go. Yep. Uh, we'll call this like the lightning round. Yep. Um, and I've been asking these for the last several uh, podcasts that I've done, and um, uh, I'm probably gonna expand this list at some point, but I haven't yep. had a chance to do that. So here we go. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. Why? Sun. Sun. Hot weather. Yeah. Hot weather. All right. Cool uh do you sports are you have a favorite sports team or anything like that no no could care less care less i like well, the tailgate. you like what the tailgate oh that's kind of a sport right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's iffy i mean uh go, go team but where's yeah. the where's the food and the alcohol got yeah. it um what's your uh do you have like a favorite food you have something that, like you just defaultly crave um, I mean, yeah, uh, love Italian food, love mm -hmm. Mexican food, but like steak is probably like steak lobster would be last meal. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good last meal. Yeah. <laughs> not my last meal, but also my, um, uh, not my last meal, but something that I crave a lot is uh, really horrible Mexican food. Yeah, same, same. I don't know why. I mean, because I've had the real deal. Yeah. Um, I actually, there's a place right down the street from my house here in Atlanta that does $1.50 tacos, and it's unbelievably amazing. Yeah. And I yet bet. still, when I when I think about, ah, oh, I, I kind of want Mexican food, I go to the crappy place where I get the enchiladas that are just like completely just Americanized. And, and on the top, and yeah. I, yeah, I just, I don't know why. I just, it, it's one of the few things that I, I eat that, um, I would consider crappy, yeah. like, you know, I mean like crap food, you know, yeah. I don't eat fast food, you know, no. or anything like that. I, I stopped, I gave that up like a decade ago, but, um, but for some reason this, uh, you know, <laughs> crappy. You might eat that tonight now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have it tonight. Yeah. Even though I've got some salmon that I'm supposed to be cooking at home. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Not, cold brew, black. Ice cold brew and black. Yep. Cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I've not yet 100% grabbed the whole cold brew uh, fixation. I, maybe it's just, I've had a couple of cold brews in my life that were like, wow, that was really tasty. Yeah. But it just seems like everywhere I get it from, it always sucks. And it tastes like watered down coffee. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You got to get a good one. I think it's yeah. Stumptown that's the best. Stumptown? Thanks. Yeah, I love Stumptown. I, I love their, mm -hmm. um, actually I have their Ethiopian beans in my, um, 
in my uh, in my cabinet right now that I use for my pour overs. So you could make your own cold brew. How do you do that? I don't know, but okay. There's a recipe I, out there. There's a recipe. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll experiment with that this afternoon. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got time. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, last book you read? Oh, I just read one by uh, Ellen Hilder Hildebrand or something. The Perfect Couple. Funny enough, it's about a maid of honor who dies on her best friend's wedding day. And this is fiction. I'm. I always get those confused. It's not real. So yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's, I was going to say, because that would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It popped <laughs> up as a suggested. I was like, I guess it hears that I'm a wedding planner. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, you're still obsessed. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite band? Oh, of all time? Or just now? Um, okay. So, my Give me a list of bands me, that you like. Because right? I love music, but okay. I never know like who sings things. Like I'm really, really? Bad at that. like, I don't know lyrics. I don't know movie quotes, but like, I love music. Um, so that would be really hard for me to answer. I mean, I did okay. just like, binge Taylor Swift's new thing. I'm not really. Oh yeah. What did you, what did you think of the new Taylor Swift record? It was cool. I mean, I like Bon Iver, So that's his name, right? Yeah. So like, yep. I thought it was super cool. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was like, um, uh... Yeah, it was like Bon Iver and the National, I guess, uh, or members of the National, um, put together a, a you know a, a sleepy emo rock yeah. uh, album, and then asked Taylor Swift to write lyrics and sing on it. Yeah, yeah. it was it was I, 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 it was uh, I've I've listened to it one time through, and I'm yeah. probably going to give it a couple more listens because I feel like there's a few songs on there that I dug. Yes. Um just from the start, I'm like I like this song, um, yeah. but like. I, I, I dig Taylor from a um, entrepreneur slash like I'm going to pull myself up and write my songs and all that kind of stuff. Because, But I mean, a lot of those people too also buy songs and I don't know if she has, but you know, they'll find, excuse me, like a song from someone and then they'll, they'll be like, I'll take that for $50,000 and then they'll right. just pay him and then they own the song and it's like they wrote it, you know? Yeah, right. But I don't know how much of that, you know, occurred because that's always something that doesn't really get reported. You kind of find that out industry-wide you know right. um but uh that that record to me was interesting yeah. um I, I i gotta say it's um probably one of the more interesting records that i've heard her do um totally but um what's uh what's some of the other favorite songs that you're like digging on like what's like what songs that you've been listening yeah. to that you you just like i'm so bad i mean i just have like different playlists for everything ah, so, okay. like i'm just like kind of a i don't i'm not a like I generally don't listen to one person. Like, so right. I love Casey Musgraves. I think yeah. she's awesome. Um, always have loved Sam Smith, like mm -hmm. Van Morrison for dinner. Um, I like Harry Styles' new song. Isn't that him? Something about watermelon. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that song. I don't know. I, I mean, I love Justin Timberlake. Saw him in Atlanta. I mean, he's just insane. Mm -hmm. um, who else i mean i'm so bad at this but like and then my like we listen to country music sometimes like when we're by the pool or something and so right but i don't know who they are like i should know who they are but i well, know the yeah, yeah i was gonna say the problem is is that like the is that everything has become so um formulaic in yeah. songwriting that it's become harder for people like you who uh love music and love listening to a certain vibe of music or listen to several different vibes of music because you know you have a different day every day 
Yeah. Um, and you want that sort of to, uh, to be, you know, reflecting of your mood. Um, yeah. There's so many people that are writing formulaic uh, songs these days that um, it becomes hard to distinguish between like, for example, like a Luke Bryan, Cole Swindell, a, you know, like, or whatever, you know, like all these different um, songwriters. Right. Um, you know, in different genres. I mean, they're all real. I mean, and th I'm picking on country music in this one particular example, but like, for me, it's, it's really like, um, it's, it's, it's beyond just that genre. It's multi-genre. I mean, indie rock and roll is about the same. You listen to a song, you're like, who is this? I don't know. Who is this? Yeah. You know, I love, but, I love you know, yeah <laughs> yeah so there you go that's cool he's like different like he's someone you can tell like that's his voice same with like yeah. weekend or something like that um but yeah i kind of have my like rap workout songs then i have my like taylor swift K casey musgraves when i'm like getting ready for dinner but right. i listen to podcasts a lot so, what like, podcast do you listen to bad all about the bachelor and crime <laughs> and, and what? Yeah. what was the second crime. one crime 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 like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would not. Uh, I would not known that you were into the uh, the crime podcasts. Really into crime. Like my husband. Like, <laughs> I love that you listen to like how people get murdered in a bathtub, but you like are scared for our kid to like walk down the stairs by themselves. <laughs> like I know it's crazy, um, but yeah, love crime podcasts. Crime podcasts and um, uh, and the and the Bachelor. Give me the latest update on The Bachelor. I have no idea what's going on. So crazy. The Bachelorette just found love and left the show early. This is all through the grapevine. This is like not confirmed really yet. And they just brought in another girl to finish the last three weeks. It's crazy. What? I know. It'll, it'll, it'll uh, air in September. So we'll get to see it all. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I've been involved with reality TV before, so I know a little bit about, uh, I was, um, I mean, this isn't about me, this is about you, but I will say that I was on America's Got Talent once upon a time. You were? Yeah. Can I Google this? You might find my name. I was attached to another guy uh, that was a singer. I need to know. <laughs> Who? Um, okay. Uh, it was, uh, it was a guy, his name is Jonah Smith. He's a songwriter. Um, and Jonah, or Jonah, Jonah. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I did the reality TV thing. Uh, it was crazy. Um, it's, it's anything but reality. It seems like it's, yeah. um, I mean, there's, there is some reality to it. Um, whenever you put a whole bunch of people in a room together, that's never been around each other. Reality will occur, you know, or right. I mean, and what I mean by that is like, surprises and arguments and you know or like um newfound love in this particular right. case or whatever will happen because you're you're isolating them and you're putting them in a bubble and, in, yeah and they're in little yeah, and, and, and people start to only see the world as the bubble and not what's you know so in the batch i can understand why a show like the bachelor would really do well um, because by the end of the show, you're so obsessed with being a part of the show and surviving and whatever, you end up really loving this other person. Right. Or at least you think you do until the bubbles popped. And then afterwards, you know, then the real life happens again. And then you open up and you're like, oh, wait, was this just a, I was just in a dream kind of right. for a few months. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I'm sure that's probably what happened to said girl. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but the, uh, but yeah, I did the AGT thing uh, back in 2014, I think. Okay. I'll Google so, you. Uh, yeah. 
you, you might have trouble recognizing me. There was there's like the first episode. I'm I look like I'm on, I look like on TV pounds. I'm like 300, and then the next one I'm like 220 or something because I lost <laughs> a ton of weight between. Oh, yeah. I got called. I got called with like one week notice, so I didn't really have time to um, lose a lot of weight that I had gained over the course of years. And yeah. so I saw myself on TV and I was like, nope, not doing this again. And then when we moved on to the next round and we got word, like I hired a trainer, shout out Kevin Snodgrass, Dirty South <laughs> Fit. And uh, he worked with me for months and I, I showed up to the next taping three and months later. Like, Who are you? It, yeah, I literally had that. They were like, oh, are you the new, oh wait, no, you're, oh my God. Like what happened to you? Like you lost- Oh my gosh. You lost your- Okay, I'm going, I'm going to Google. Okay, all right. Um, so anyway, um, okay, last question, um, or two, two more questions actually, and then I, I will let you run for the day. Uh, okay. Do you have any hidden talents that we need to know about? So I don't think so, but my husband says I'm really good at doppelgangers. Oh, really? Like yeah. people? Yes. I'm like, they look like so-and-so. And he's like, how did you think of that? Like, cool. So that's random. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be waiting for mine. Yeah. Uh, after this is over with. So think There's, about it. Let well, me know. Like this guy that was on America's Got Talent. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't with you. Uh, all right. Uh, the last one. Best piece of advice you've ever been given for your business and or life? Oh, God. Um, this is tough. Um, I feel, well, two, two parts. So one, like my grandfather was definitely like my inspiration in, in life and being an entrepreneur. Um, and he used to always sign like every letter, every check, like whatever he would like write enjoy. So like that was kind of like one thing. So I even got like a tattoo of it. Um, but so that was like one thing is like, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, why are you doing it kind of thing. But the other thing recently that I heard, um, someone said, instead of like saying fake it till you make it say, be it until you are it. So like what you're doing, like, you know, you can do it. You're not faking anything, but just like right. be it until someone notices that you are it. And so I think that has like been really like a good mantra, I guess, for me and my business. Well, I got to tell you that uh, you are definitely doing it from <laughs> my estimation. So um, Haley, thanks for being on Southern Wedding Professionals. Yeah. We appreciate you Love and it. your time. And I hope you'll come back and be a part of our little world at some point in the future. Yes. yes. Cool. Um, well, that's you. amazing. Well, thank you. And uh, that's Haley. I'm Jacob. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next time.